This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. We're going to continue our work through scriptures on the mountains of the Bible. We uh, went through pretty deep on, the, on Ararat and actually spent three, three different lessons on that. There's a whole lot more to that mountain than I, than I was expecting when I got into it. Today we're going to uh, get into Moriah. And I was just telling Brother Larry, I thought that I was, this was going to zip through this in about 15 minutes, but this is going to be look like a three-part series, three-part lesson as well. Because uh, the more I got to study in that, it's just so much more came out. But as we, as we go through these mountains, we started with Ararat, and I'm heading to Moriah, which was where Abraham had offered up Isaac. But also, there's a big story behind where the threshing floor was bought from Arana, who owned the threshing floor. He actually owned the threshing floor on Moriah. And this is the place where actually the first temple was actually built, Arana. And Ariana, let me see how to pronounce that name. Arana was a Jebusite who owned the threshing floor on Moriah. Now, I'm not going to get into that part of it here, but the basic the, the gist of that was David, out of his own, he decided to number the tribes of Israel. And when he numbered them, God got mad and required him to, to do certain things. And so David went and bought the threshing floor, and that's, that's a whole different story we'll get to probably two weeks from now. But Moriah is more than just where Abraham offered Isaac up. It's a whole uh, three different parts to it. I don't want to confuse this and get too far ahead. Then there's Sinai, then there's Gerizim, and that's where the, the, the Jews proclaimed their blessings before going into the Promised Land. Nebo, when Moses saw the promised land, well, he's not allowed to go in, but he died and was buried there. It's a whole lesson there. And, uh, of course, the Mount of Olives we'll get to down the road. There's a tremendous amount of things that happened there. Mount Zion, which a lot of people think that Mount Zion itself is part of Moriah, which it actually is, but it's to the north. But that was, Mount Zion is mentioned 150 times in the Bible. And I didn't just... That's not here. I, had, I just came across that looking it up. But we've got Tabar, which is the transfiguration. That's one of my favorites. Can you imagine being one of them apostles and talking with a man who'd been dead 4,000 years when he talked to Moses? And, uh, you know, just look, that just proves there's, there's more to this life. Karma, where Elijah was challenge the prophets of Baal, the Beatitudes. Anyway, we got a whole lot to cover in the next year, year or so with these. But we're going to be today in Moriah. We'll start in uh, Genesis chapter 17, actually. This is the second covenant, or the third covenant. The Adamic covenant was the first one, then the Noadic, and then the third one was the uh, Abrahamic covenant which we're going to cover pretty much here today. 
I don't have a sore throat. I've just been hollering at a bunch of goats and sheep all week. <laughs> we, we farm, and we usually just have one, one goats born one time a year. If all of a sudden we, everybody was asking us at our events, are the goats pregnant? No, we've already had the goats. This past week, they've been dropping like flies. We had seven goats born this week. And I said, man, how in the world? We born the first time in 20-some years of farming that we've had two sets of goats born in one year. thing about it is my wife got rid of the buck back in October. And so it had to be right then, that day, <laughs> that he mounted nine goats. It's impossible because we didn't have another male, and it's just uh, crazy how I'm thankful, but it's just won't expect it. That's not part of the lesson. That's why I'm hoarse. <laughs> All right. Mount Moriah is a 45-acre mountainous region. The mountain itself is where the temple was actually built, but it's in 45 acres, and it's considered the most valuable piece of property on earth not just in Israel. The most valuable piece of real estate that's in, on the entire planet. It's profoundly sacred to Christians, Jews, and the Muslims. The Jewish temple once stood there, and today they call it Temple Mount. And it's right there where the Dome of the Rock uh, is. If you look on the dome, that's exactly where the peak was. But anyway, the temple, the, the Muslims have control of that temple mount right now. And you, you just wonder how God is going to allow the Jews to, to take that back over and build their temple again. But that's a God set time, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But right now, there's a Muslim shrine built. It was built 1,300 years ago. And. Uh, so let's get let's go let's get some scripture going. Let's go to Genesis chapter seven, uh, seventeen right now, and I'll cover a little bit of the covenant. I'm telling you, I'm starting off slow, but it'll get really really cool here in a minute. My Bible is falling apart, but I'm not going to get rid of it. This thing actually talks to me, literally. I uh, do my study this morning. I was scrambling. Uh, chapter 17, I've got chapters just everywhere. Fell out. So I'm on part of chapter 17. I'm going to read on his phone this morning because it's at home on my study desk. So I'm going to read part of that this morning. But I'll start in verse, uh, let me start in verse 13, actually, Genesis chapter, four, ch chapter 13, verse 14, and then I'll read a couple of verses and skip ahead. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up thine eyes and look at, from this place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all of the land which thou seest, I will give it to thee for thy, and thy seed, give it to thy seed forever. I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, and as a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed be numbered. Arise and walk through the land, through the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abraham moved out of his tent and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Okay, now we're going to jump up here, and I'll pick back up as soon as my Bible fits back in. For chapter 17, 
of Genesis. And this is, this, is, this is just amazing to me, too, how God works in his set time. We're going to get into that set time stuff here in a minute. It reminds me a whole lot of Zacharias and Elizabeth when, they, when he was 100 years old and he was doing service in the Lord and, and, the, and an angel appeared to him in the, in the temple saying, you're 100, but you're going to go home and Elizabeth's going to conceive and you're going to, bear, you're going to call his name John, John the Baptist, six months prior. He laughed. I'm 100 years old. My wife's... A hundred, we're not going to have kids. But anyway, this this story right here is just kind of parallels that. Chapter 17 of Genesis. When Abraham was 99 years old, and that was 90 years old and nine, that's 99 years old. Can you imagine? Now, I've seen a lot of people 80 years old move around fairly good. My dad was 91, but he was like, the, but I can't imagine somebody 99 years old getting a message from God that you're going to go home with your wife and y'all are going to conceive and you're going to have a son and he's going to call his name Isaac and you're going to be, and, it's going, and all this stuff is going to happen. I believe Abraham believed at one point that that was going to happen because he believed because he was talking right with God. His wife did not believe that. Okay. Appearing unto Abram, and said in him, I am God, almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between thee, between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and talked with him, and God talked with him. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Okay, there's not a thing in the world that's going to change that right there. They can build all the temple mountains they want to build. They can do anything. But, but the, the fact is this covenant was made between God and the Jews, and that's a final thing. Neither shall thy name be called Abram anymore, shall be called Abram, but thou shalt be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee. I will make thee exceedingly fruitful and make, thee nation, make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed. Okay, now I'm going to skip ahead here to uh, establish what the covenant was. The covenant wasn't Isaac being offered up. The covenant was circumcision. Okay, let's go to chapter 17, verse 11. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. The covenant was, this is your land. I'm going to make this covenant with you for, for your seed forever and ever and ever. This is my covenant between you. I am your friend, and I'm making a covenant. And as a token of the covenant, as a sign of the covenant, this is what you're going to do. You're going to circumcise all the Jews, all anybody, not even just the Jews, but even strangers that are bought with money. We'll see that. Let's see. In the verse 11, And you shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man, child in your generation, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not thy seed. Now, I'm not going to get on to the tangent of, of I'm going to call it a tangent in the Word of God, but that's, that's 
we as believers believe that we are adopted into the family of God. And this, I believe, is specifically talking about, okay, you're going to buy these people out here to come help you work and all. If they're going to be part of the family, they're going to be circumcised. So that's where we are on that. He that is born in the house, verse 13, born in the house, he must, and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. And he hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, as far as Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call, thou shalt call her name, not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. Okay, so you see what God's doing, he's changed Abraham's name, Abram's name to Abraham, Sarah's name to Sarah. Abraham, verse 17, fell on his face and laughed and said, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old bear? She's way past the menstrual stage in her life, way past that. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. See, that's established. They didn't have to flip a coin and say, what we're going to name this child. God named these people specifically. And I will establish my covenant with thee for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Okay. Behold, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, and behold, I have blessed him, and make him fruitful, and will multiply exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear thee at this set time in next year. See, it's all part of God's plan. Every bit of it. God sets a time. He knows what he's doing. It's a timetable for everything that he does. He makes everything beautiful in his time. We don't see the beginning to the end, but God sets the time for his plan. He had already established this years ago that this is the day that Sarah's going to conceive Isaac. This is when it's all going to start. And see, a lot of people, when when I go to, in fact, I want a girl to the Lord. I'm going to go off on a little bit. I want a girl to the Lord. I, I guess it's been 10 years ago. Me and her were sitting on a catering job. I was catering sometimes for, for King's Corner. And it was just me and her setting up. We got there two hours early and we were setting up. We had everything set up and we were just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. You know, and she was, you know, first time I'd ever worked with the girl. And uh, you're thinking, she's, and I know what she's thinking. Man, I wonder what this what this guy's got on his mind, you know, and this and that. Because I kept, I've always looked for an opportunity one-on-one. I never challenge and I never try to, to, to be a spokesperson in, in, in a public setting because I, I don't like debate. But when the Lord opens up a door for me to talk, I'm going to talk. And so I began, back then, back then they were just having a lot of trouble in Israel. I said, do you know what really all this fighting's about, what's in the news and all? And she says, no, really, really don't. It sounds crazy. And so I went through the, 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 how sin came into the world, of course. But I said, it's all about Abraham having Ishmael. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting through. I'm talking about an hour and a half time that I had to, this girl was measurement. And now Abraham's firstborn was Ishmael. And they think they've got right to that mountain. Abraham's firstborn through Sarah was Isaac. But God gave the covenant to them. 
So there's a constant war for years and years and years. It's a battle between the Muslims because Israel is the father of the, of the Muslim nation, actually, not just the Muslim, but the Ishmaelites. But anyway, I was able to sit down and, and intelligently go through the entire gospel. And I said, you know what? I said, have you ever accepted Christ? Yeah, I not believe it. Have you ever accepted? And she sat there and she accepted the Lord. And it was, to me, it was a great day. We went in and we had a, 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 a good catering job. I never mentioned it anymore. I never saw her again. I don't even remember her name. But I do know that that happened. And, and, uh, and when you go, if, if you study enough about the Bible and you can explain things to people, it's not our words to do the convicting. When the Lord can use us in what comes out of our mouth, not from here, but from here, it's the Holy Spirit that brings the convicting power. It's nothing you or I can say or do, ever. And, 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 it's, and, I, and I know people that have been saved their entire life and have never explained the gospel intelligently to one person. I know people that, that way. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to start. They don't know what. But it's all, you just talk about the news and say, you know why that's happening, really? I mean, when you're one-on-one. When you're in a crowd, you're going to get bombarded. It don't work. But anyway, that's, this is where we're back, back, back here to the lesson. I, I just threw that in there because that is a tremendous way to witness to somebody is to tell them and explain to them why it's all happening. And it's a God's set time. It's going to happen. Okay, let's go to uh, verse 24. And Abraham was 99 years old, 99 years old, when he circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. It's hard for me to see, to, to picture a little baby when they're, when they're just a few days old being circumcised, the pain that they're going through. But I can't imagine being 100 years old going through that. That is just, it's God's way, I guess, call it that. Ishmael's son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh. And to sell himself day, Abraham circumcised Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son. And all the men of his house and his house brought money with the stranger and when they were circumcised. Okay, we're going to skip ahead now to a... Okay, let's go to verse 11 of that same chapter, 18. Wait a minute, verse 10. Verse 10 of chapter 17, and then I'm... I'll start talking a little bit more once I get through these scriptures. And I said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after a man or woman. And her childbearing years were over. Sarah laughed within herself. Am I waxed old that I should have pleasure, my Lord, also being old? Being old also? The Lord said, and where did this, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Sure, shall I, shall I have a surety bear a child in my old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. See, it's another set time. God had set that appointment. And I'm going to jump a little bit about faith because Mariah is all about faith and our Christian life is all about faith. The just shall live by faith, but there's all kinds of faith. We believe that God can do anything, right? We all believe that. 
And I've got faith in that. But there's some things that I believe he can do that he won't do. For instance, we're not going to tempt God in our lives. If I go out here and I say, okay, I'm going to light these woods on fire. I trust God can put that fire out. He can put it out. But that ain't going to happen. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not saying it won't now. Now I believe if there's Brother David, my brother, and all them in the fire is coming to his house, and they get together, and they get in the Holy Ghost power, and they say, Lord, put the fire out. I believe that could happen. But a man tempting God is not going to get out there and do something stupid and just, just to see God work. That's, that's just not how God operates. Okay. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, because she was afraid, and said, Nay, but thou did laugh. Okay, now we're going to skip ahead to, we're going to skip the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we're going to jump ahead to the covenant. And, uh, and actually get back on Mount Moriah. Okay. Let's go to chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and, and the Lord, this chapter 21 of Genesis, verse 1, as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abram, Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. It didn't happen before, it didn't happen, it happened exactly when God said through his, through how, how he had said it. It, that was the, and that goes to show you too it's once appointed under man to die every one of us have a set time it's set it's in concrete you can't change it we're all going to die unless we're in the rapture that is set and uh, same way with our birth can you imagine let me just pay in a little bit because I told you I'm going to take my time with this there's a verse in the Bible that says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know that, how that goes. There's a, there's a double side to that. Loving your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to hurt yourself. But, but if you don't love yourself, who God created, you know there's one in 100 million chances that the sperm would have hit the egg where you are and you were uniquely born. You and in your DNA, your soul, your soul being is so unique that, 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 that the chances of you even being here are far greater than our human imagination. So if you don't learn how to love yourself, not in an egotistical way, but say, thank you so much for, for Lord, help me and just, just fall in love with God's creation. How can you share love to anybody else? We have to love ourselves and who God made and what we made for. Well, it doesn't, because let me tell you, when you take this flesh away, I don't care who you are, white, black, Chinese, uh, big, small, when we take the flesh away, every single one of us look exactly the same. And this is how God looks at us. There's no difference, zero difference. Every one of us are exactly the same. And so when, when, when for, for society, Drowns us in a low self-image sometimes where we, oh, Lord, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And I can't, 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 won't, 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 can't, don't. And we beat ourselves down. 
Why didn't this happen? Woe is me. And the light in our eyes just becomes so dim and dark that we just can't share love to people because we, we beat ourselves up. And, but we've got to learn to fall in love with our, with our, with our creator and what he's, uh, he's made us and has given us the ability to, to, to share the gospel. I, can't, I, I just can't imagine a life. Me and my brother were at my, dad, uh, my aunt's funeral a few weeks back, a couple of weeks back, and uh, they're Catholics. They're all up in this Catholicism. And we were just looking in, and we were saying, you know what? These men, men up here, holy, holy, hail Mary, come to Mother of God, all these people. That could have been my dad. My dad was an altar boy in the Catholic Church. Me and him could have been raised up in that stuff. I want to be careful because I'm not going to sit there. You know, some of these, I know some Catholics that are Christians, but they don't want to go through what my dad went through. My dad. Everything he owned was thrown in the front yard. Said, "Don't ever step foot in my yard again." His whole family disowned him when he got saved. I'm not going to get into that. This is not a testimony of my dad, but we're just—I'm just thinking that—that that how close we could have come. Because my mom and dad got married in that church, that Catholic church. My mom became a Catholic because she didn't want to lose my dad, and then they started going to a revival, and they, and and the preacher that was there decided to take my dad rabbit hunting every day that week. They'd go out hunting and he'd share the gospel. Come down and walk the aisle and got saved, changed his life. And then my mom was already a Christian. She said, thank God. And then we got to go home and face the family. And it was a big mess. But all my dad had said, no, we're going here. Everything would have been different. Everything. And how close we came. Oh. Just to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I could. It was comical. This might take four lessons. I gotta, I gotta say it because it's funny. The priest, even the prayer, even at the end when they were burying, uh, putting my aunt Dorothy in the ground, we wanted to sit here and, uh, and uh, he got the name wrong. I mean, I, I mean Dorothy said, my dad had a six-month, six-week-old. Baby sister died when she was six weeks old, and she was there, Barbara. And we're here to honor the, the going home of Barbara. I mean, I mean Dorothy, and the whole family sitting there looking at it. But during the ceremony, he had to, they were praying, "Dear Father, we come to you as saints." And every single prayer, the guy couldn't hardly read. And he was, everything was, was, there was, there was nothing from the heart. I don't want to get on that. It's sad. I'm just so thankful that my dad had the guts to say that the Holy Spirit convicted him and he saw it. Okay. Let's see. All right, let me, I got all that, but it was good. Okay. 
I don't see how Abraham in his own heart when God told him, all right, let's, let's read it. Abraham, let's see, let's read it. Let me get to it. And it came to pass, chapter 22, and it came to pass after these things, God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, he said, I, behold, here I am. Now, when he says when God tempted Abraham, that God's, some people can argue with that, say the Bible says God don't, can't tempt any man. If you study the context of this tempt, it's try, test. And to test our faith. See, God will test your faith over and over and over again to see if you see, if your eyes are on what's here or your eyes are on what he can do. Okay, let's get back to the verb. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or try or test Abraham and said in him, and Abraham said, here I am. He said, take thy son, now the son, the only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. And here we are, we're going to be on parked on Moriah for a little bit after we get through some of these verses. And there, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I shall tell thee. Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took the two young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the firewood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place where God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Now, when we'll get to the Moriah, we'll, we'll, uh, I have some pictures later in the lessons about Moriah itself. And Abraham said to the young men, you bide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go up yonder and worship and come again. And Abraham took the burnt offering and laid it upon his Isaac, his son, and took the fire in his hand and the knife together, and they both went up together. And Isaac Here's the part that's missing out. I'm not saying it's missing. That God left it out. And uh, Isaac spake to Abraham, Father. He said, My father. He said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb for the offering? Now, here I'm going to get back to my old six and nine for a second. He said, What in the world is he talking about? I got to show it. Because this is my interpretation about what happened there. You may think it's completely different, which is fine. I'm not talking about doctrine. See? What's that? Y'all see a six? I see a nine. Who's right? I think I'm right. But you, what you see is what you... Facts are different for people. People believe differently. I see a nine, and you can't tell me it's not a nine. But, oh, no, that's a six. We're not going to argue about it. People are different. People think different. People are completely different. This is what I think. When, they, when, they, when, when Isaac said, Dad, where's the, where's the sacrifice? We're going to come up here to worship. I believe he sat down with us and said, Sit down, boy. We both believe God. You've heard him talk. He said for me to put you on the altar. But we're going to trust him because he said, In you, in you will the covenant be met. You're just a young lad, and you, he's going to, we've got to trust him. But i got to give you up. 
I got to do what God said. I believe he, it won't, that's left out, but I guarantee you, the boy's not stupid. That boy, especially when he laid him on the altar, he had to know. And, and it won't no kicking, it won't no screaming. This is the part of the covenant, folks. Isaac said, let's trust God, Dad. I believe it. I heard him speak. I know. Let's put, hey, he'll bring me back. We'll give you another boy. I just, that's, that's just, that's not in here, but, but how else could it be for you to lay your own son on an altar and bring up a knife that he had to know that he was being sacrificed? Had to. That's a hard thing, but that's trust. That's, 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 not many of us can be faced with dire straits. We look at this and we look at that and we get pounded with, with, the, with things in this world. And it's easy to sit there and take our eyes off of, when, let me tell you, when you're down to your last match and the wind's blowing, and your heart's right, you know you're right. You know your sins are confessed. You know you've been unlovable. You know, and you know that your walk is totally left into Him, and the wind's blowing, and you need that last. I'm gonna strike it, God. And you strike your last match. That's when God moves. That's when He works. When we totally let go and let Him have it. If if it's something that we can do on our own, He gets no glory, and He cannot, and it's not supernatural. When we strike our last match, when the wind's blowing, let me tell you something. If your heart's right, God's going to move on your behalf. If he chooses not to, it's his set time. It's because he's allowed it. He's, he, that's walking by faith. Whatever happens, oh God, I don't like it. It's not fun. I don't like what she said. I don't like what he said. I don't like this flat tire. I don't like the broke refrigerator. I don't like all this stuff. But it's a political, brother, you went to unbelievable challenges not too long ago. You were striking your last match in the wind, brother, and God moved. So we're going to get on here. I get off a lot when I'm, when I'm teaching because it's just, just the way I do it. Okay. Verse 5. And let's be already down here. Okay. Verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for our burnt offering. So they both went with them them together, and they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son Isaac's son and laid him upon on, on the altar upon the wood i believe before that abraham when Isaac, when Isaac said where's the sacrifice dad i think he had a man a man the father the son talk and abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay the son he was going to do it folks if you look at that story, God allowed that to happen to his son. God didn't stop the hands that were thrashing. God didn't stop the spear. God, didn't, God let it go through for our redemption. 
And verse 11, an angel of the Lord calling him out of heaven and said, Abraham, you've struck your match, buddy. And Abraham said, here I am. He said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything to him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast withheld thy son, that only son from me. Now, he's not saying that I didn't know. You have, to, you have to picture the heart of Abraham. He knew. He knew what Abraham was going to do. God, but Abraham didn't know. And when every one of us are put to the test, when our faith is tried, and we come forward releasing and letting him have it, that's for our growth. Because we can look back on our life and say, he brought me through that, he'll bring me through this. He brought me through this, he'll bring me through that. And, and this is not saying that Abraham, that, that now, oh, you've enlightened us. You've enlightened the angelical world. Now God himself even knows that you love me. No, he said, now you know in your heart that you are right and that you know that God is with you every step of the way. This was for you and my covenant to be uh, established through you. And I'm going to have to stop here in a second because I could... Uh, verse... Uh, let's finish these last couple of verses. Verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram. Can you imagine that? Oh, glory. You're toast, buddy. Slam. I don't think he hesitated. I think he let it rip, man. I think he had some barbecue tonight. No, that was for sacrifice. I'm making a funny out of it, but I can imagine the, the joy, the, the knowing that, hey, I did it right. And offered him a burnt offering instead of his son. And this is where I was in. I, man, I just wanted to cover so much more. We'll get back to it. I think it's good to take my time. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. That's another name for Moriah, fellow, ladies and gentlemen. Jehovah Jireh, and Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. God will provide. When you're in the, when your back's against the wall, Jehovah Jireh, He will provide. As it said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. An angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in, thee bless, that in blessing I will bless thee and multiply and I will multiply thy seed as the stars in the heaven and the sand which is upon the seashore and the seed of thy shall possess the gates of thine enemies. And in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. I don't mean to cry so much, but that's just me. But I'm going to stop there and we're going to get back into, we're going to finish up with Mariah. I didn't think I would, I thought I'd be a little bit further along than that. But, uh, there's a whole lot more to it. I can't wait to get into the part where David uh, had numbered the, the Jews. 
And you know what the, the sad thing about that is numbering the Jews that the sin was. Now David, by numbering his troops, by numbering all these people, I'm going to get back to, to this in a minute, but this is all happening on Moriah. He now is putting his faith and trust in, oh, we've got 100,000 here. We can take care of them. We've got 100,000 here. They'll get, bring all the stuff here. And he's bringing all of his power and his own ability to the battlefield when they're in battle. Instead of, I don't care if it's one. I don't care if it's three. I don't care if it's 10. It's God's battle. God said we're going to win. We're going to take them. His faith then, David, the sin was he allowed himself to put the human aspect into a supernatural ability of God. And uh, so the threshing floor, which is on Moriah, it's got a, uh, you don't want to, well, you might want to miss it because I'm talking. I got trash trumpet, but uh, that's, a, we'll get more into Moriah here in a little bit. There's more to it than just Abraham offering Isaac, and I'm looking forward to bringing it. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.